0: to what's good under the hood it's what's good under the hood and I, I practiced this a minute ago here we go that's greg owner of mazda columbia what's good under the hood and there's, on the other side I'm not, gonna, right I'm not going I'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna <laughs> attempt to point again from fox sports radio 1400 a.m rob sanders ladies and gentlemen Welcome to Greetings. another episode of What's Good Under the Hood. Now, if you're listening to this, it can also be watched as well on YouTube. Do we have a. Do you guys know? Of course, you yeah. do because you set it up. It's the
1: Mazda. Uh, look, search for Mazda of Columbia on uh, on YouTube, and you will find uh, the podcast set up there in video form, so you can see the beauty of three great faces that should be etched up at Mount Rushmore in the visitor's parking lot. That way you can come in and see that, (laughs) cleanse the palate before you go see the real faces of Mount Rushmore.
2: Fortunately, uh, your screen is a little dark there, Rob. (laughs) He's hiding under his hat, Bill.
0: (laughs) What a blessing to all right there. Anyway, let's talk about, we were talking before we got started about the pros and cons of buying import versus buying an American vehicle. And I'm sure that Greg Hood has plenty to talk about on that, which you say about,
2: I have plenty to talk about on that. You're asking me, well, the, one of the things you said was that, or Rob actually said it talked about people uh, would criticize him when he was in Indiana because he was driving a foreign car and there's a lot more uh, American they looked at cars. Me
1: like I people. was silly. They were like, what, why are you, why are you driving that car? It wasn't made here. What is wrong with you? That's, that's what some of them would say to me. And I'm like, uh, I don't know what to say. I mean, I'm up there. It's a bunch of cornfields. I might not make it out of there. I don't know.
2: What's funny is so many of these cars now are made here that are from there. So, you know, the money may ultimately end up in Japan or wherever the company's from. But, um, you know, if you look at, uh, around South Carolina or Huntsville, Alabama, Huntsville, Alabama, as a matter of fact, is where Mazda and Toyota just built a $2.3 billion plant. Um, that money went into the economy, BMW up here in Greer, South Carolina, um, you know, has done, they bought 900 acres of property and built that factory. And one of the statistics I read a while back was that for every 10 jobs that were generated through the plant, 90 jobs were generated in support of what goes on there. So, you know, if you look at Greer as a community or Spartanburg, Greenville, whatever, a lot of that with Michelin being there and with BMW being there and the support that goes around those suppliers and everything else up there, that has changed the texture of that part of the state with uh, wealth and, you know, there's a good worker base up there as well. So there's some advantages uh, to that. And a lot of cars are made there. I mean, a lot of the sport utilities are made up in there Um, in Alabama. um, This new project with Mazda and Toyota, they're not sharing a lot of their technology in terms of um, what, what kind of car that they're building. They're very separate. They're only, we're using a little bit of hybrid technology uh, for Mazda out of one of the hybrids that's coming out Um, but that's it Um, what they really did was uh, the benefit for toyota and mazda together but more toyota to pair with mazda is that their engineering technology for manufacturing is so so good Um, their quality control and their ability to manufacture a car is um, beyond most of the manufacturers in the world so it was a good pairing for them but you know so now when people say well i buy american yeah, okay, but probably the car you're driving, even if you buy a foreign one, there's a Honda plant that's here. There's Toyota plants that are here. There's BMW, obviously, that's here. There's plants in Canada. There's plants in Mexico. Um, but generally, um, it's all there's a lot of shared stuff, so it's no longer so much that way. I think that what you're probably more referring to is when you're up in the Michigan area or Indiana or all those places, those are really kind of union um, areas and I'm not knocking unions. I'm just saying they're predominantly that. So there's a loyalty. You wouldn't dare hu- drive a Honda and park it in the parking lot at the, you know, GM plant or Chrysler plant. It really wouldn't, um, you know, you, you might come out with flat tires or something. Who knows? Say, <laughs> not unless you wanted to get caps. They block you in and you can't get home. I don't know what the deal would be, but you know, they got no sense of humor and that kind of stuff. So there's a loyalty and that, that comes from years and years and years. Of that thought process, and you know, when you drive through Detroit, I was up there for a while and looking around, driving around, and uh, man, there's a lot of American cars, and there's a lot of American cars I wouldn't want to drive. I mean, you got, for example, Dodge Journey. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, you know, there's a lot I would. I mean, you know, uh, Ram pickup, I think they're fantastic. Chevy pickups, Fords, I mean, I like a Corvette, I like a Hellcat. I mean, there's there's a lot of good American cars. there's a lot of good foreign cars too. And you know, the funny thing is there's a perception in the world. And I don't know if I mentioned it before that, you know, the only ones that make a good car are foreign cars. And that's not true. You, I would tell you this, honestly, it sounds biased, but a Mazda is probably better than most. And it, it, from an ownership standpoint of a car dealership, I will tell you that they call our fixed operations. When you have parts and service, if they're, they're not being repaired all the time, you don't make as much money there. So you know, are there lines that you can uh, ma- a dealership can profit more due to the fact that the car is a little bit less reliable? Yeah, you know, are they American cars generally? Generally, yeah. Um, you know, they have had different standards of quality, but they're really catching up. It's all starting to even out, so it's the really people big, that,
0: more the than people what to you build want. cars. Do they put certain parts in the car? And I've got a reason for saying this. They put certain parts in a car, certain light bulbs, certain pieces that they know are going to wear out early. I drove a Tahoe for, for quite a number of years and one of the running lights underneath one of the front headlights on the left, it went out. And I started noticing every Tahoe that I approached on the road, the same bulb was burnt out. That's a great observation, but it really wasn't what you thought it was. It was probably more a
2: supplier problem. And so whoever, you know, it's like, I'll give you an example. So do you have LEDs, lights in your house? And they swear up and down on the package. of thing's going to last 20 years, right? And I bought into it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how the hell do they know? Because they haven't been around 20 years. They can't put 20 <laughs> years of light running on a light in 20 years. That wasn't 20 years. I mean, it's just not possible. So they're blowing a little bit of smoke in that deal. And I can tell you this, I've seen more than one led light fail. And it didn't make it 20 years. I had some in a showroom down in Florida that didn't make it two months. It, one of them blew up on the showroom floor. So, you know, my point is, is that there are suppliers that, that, um, you know, they GM or Mazda or Honda or whoever, they don't make a light bulb. You know, they, they call upon somebody, they give them a spec for what they need to make that happen. And then they fulfill that and they get them all. So if the particular lamp had to be or inherently had a short lifespan, you would see all those Tahoes winking at you when you went down the road. Every single time. And it's the same side. It's the, it same, is the same thing. Over. I and, the same. and that could have been, it could have been part of the wiring harness. I don't know. I can't remember. I remember that happening on them, but I can't remember what the source of it was, um, whether it was, you know, the, the lighting or whether or itself or whether it was the harness that was on it had some kind of failure to it. But generally when that happens, um, it's not so much design it might be more supplier i think that there are manufacturers that might go through a little more stringent testing of a product before they put it in a car i think there are manufacturers and i'm not going to name them because that just does not fair to the people that sell them but that have used the dealership as more of their r&d when they make a car than they do you know actually in the r&d plant they say oh we'll put it out and there's a built-in cost of um you know, what it's going to cost to repair it when it's in a shop versus if they did the R and D to design it now. And they, they, all that stuff gets weighed out. You know, if it's safety they they don't cut corners, but if it's other things, they may say, well, it may fail. It may not fail, but if it does, it, we can repair them in the dealership and it's only going to cost X amount of bucks. So they weigh that into what they're trying to do. Makes sense. So, it does make sense. You know, it's kind of, it's a calculated risk and everything they do. Did you ever hear the story about uh why McDonald's got sued for all that much money for the lady that burned herself with coffee. No, I'd like to hear this though. Well, it's pretty interesting. So I went to an attorney once over an issue I had, and we were talking about the, the, um, the ability to sue and, and, and come up with some kind of a reward. And it wasn't much past that time. And he started explaining to me why McDonald's got such a huge award for some woman, uh, putting a spilling a cup of coffee on her private parts, and um, she were, truly was injured. I mean, there was no doubt about it. And the reason why was because the coffee was so hot. And the reason that McDonald's got hung out to dry so bad and for so much money is because it was discovered that there was a calculated risk in them and how they did their coffee. So now, when you go to McDonald's, they got really good coffee 20 years ago, their coffee was absolutely atrocious. And the reason it was so bad was because they calculated if they didn't make fresh coffee every day and they kept reusing it, how much money would they save over a term of of a year? And in doing that, what happened was that in order to make that coffee pass muster that people would actually drink it, they raised the temperature. So they would scald their tongue when they drank it, and then they wouldn't really be able to take it. You're laughing at (laughs) it. It's true. They killed their taste buds. buds, How much did she get? Oh, I mean, it was, I don't know, 50 million or something. I could, yeah, be, it, I, I could be even wrong on that. That'd be worth researching. But it was a significant amount of money. But they found out, though, that there were, I don't know, there were emails, but there were, you know, there was conversations and stuff where they actually did a calculation. And it was millions and millions of dollars they would save by not tossing out coffee. And so they weighed in the fact that something would go wrong and they could get sued. Well, when that came out, they got annihilated. And and many people went, oh, my gosh, why in the world would they pay out that kind of money? Well, when the everything's peeled back and you figure it out, she deserved it because they flat did her dirty. So now they've got all the things on the coffee cup, caution, hot, blah, 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 and trying to protect themselves. But they don't. Obviously, they've changed their business model and rightfully so. Well, I'll take I, a cup of coffee on my crotch for $50 million.
1: Well, actually, I found the I'll story do it for
0: you to- for free. <laughs> I'll yeah.
1: Just throw it yeah. on you. <laughs> so let, let me let me don my news director voice for a moment here. In 1992, 79-year-old Stella Liebeck bought a cup of takeout coffee at McDonald's in Albuquerque and spilled it on her lap. She sued McDonald's, and a grand jury awarded her nearly three million dollars in punitive damages for the burns she suffered. And it's exactly what Greg uh, said there. She said that it said that they basically. It burned their uh, – they had their coffee at a point where it would burn your tongue, and they weren't really recycling – they were recycling their coffee, basically, which is uh, kind of gross. But she got $3 million at uh, the age of 79 years old. Um, if you give me $3 million at the age of 79, you know what I'm going to do? I'll probably – I'll probably buy myself a teenager to come and clean my house.
0: She <laughs> had to buy a teenager.
2: That you is wrong, certainly brother. can. I didn't think about that. That didn't sound good. But she's cleaning her <laughs> house, so that's okay. <laughs> i um, sure
1: house. I mean, that, that way she, they're young and vibrant and can knock some
0: stuff out. Right, right, but you don't right. buy them, you pay them.
2: But she had a bunch of surgeries on her uh, unit there. And that was kind of an issue. So she didn't oh, have a, a good, that wasn't a pleasant experience for her. So if I can throw a little coffee on you, give you 3 million bucks, burn up your program.
1: <laughs> well, but at 79, are you, do you really need your program anyway? I'd much rather have a teenager to clean my you know
2: house. What? Jack LaLanne said, use it or lose it. And I got to tell you something. I don't want to lose it. Jack LaLanne, you just showed your
0: age dude. I'm already old. I know it. I'll admit it. I'm 27. My, you know, my I know grandmother I'm, used my grandmother used to watch Jack LaLanne on television. You know, he pulls out a chair and does deep knee bend. That guy was
2: ripped, man. And he, he was ripped up to the day he died, yeah. which was last year or something. I don't know, but he, that he was not was, that reason. No, I know he, uh, <laughs> but he was in great shape. And, uh, but that was his, uh, that was his comment. Use it or lose it. Speaking of being in
0: great shape, are you guys watching the Olympics? No.
1: I, I I mentioned before we came on that I yeah. the other night I was actually standing in my living room watching the United States beat Iran in basketball. We beat them by like fifty five points. I, that made me happy, just so so happy.
2: That just was a shame. To, that was yeah, a shame when right. after France beat the bejesus out of them.
1: Well, but you normally, have to, you have to normally the French surrender if you wave a flag at them. But uh, <laughs> that didn't,
0: didn't. Oh. <laughs>
1: How do you, how do you lose to a guy named Rudy Gobert and then another guy named Saborini? Those were the two guys that just smacked around Kevin Durant and a couple other guys, and they waved the French flag at us as we left the court in shame. That that yeah, makes well, wasn't, it, wasn't it? Wasn't oh. it the
2: if I remember correctly, when the Dream Team uh, won, if I'm not mistaken, oh, that was a Slavic yeah. country of some kind where they were take they wanted pictures with all the guys because they got beat like a drum.
1: Yeah, the, but the, the, the difference between the dream team in 1992, they had Charles Barkley on it. And some guy from Angola in the first matchup decided, all right, I'm going to bump Charles Barkley and Barkley. Basically they were up 50 points and Barkley just flat out elbowed him and told him point blank, don't touch me again. We don't have a dog like that over there with this Olympic team. No, but, uh,
2: I don't even, now, other than Durant, I didn't recognize any of the names that were on the list of who the players were. I don't follow NBA anymore, but.
1: Yeah, um, you're, you're not missing much.
2: <laughs> no, I'm not. I don't. I don't feel like getting politi- political in my sports, so I just stay out of it.
1: No, no, no. That's the best way to go. Well, exactly. we, we should beat we should beat France in hoops. I think that as an American,
2: we, we should, should beat, beat France, France at France. everything.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Bef- I, I, bef- I felt terrible on that game the other day. It did feel good, know, good to before beat. Before
0: we rank. go, you have to recount exactly. Exactly what happened when at your house when when we beat Iran Iran.
1: So the game is at twelve. <laughs> the tip-off for of the game was at twelve forty at night because of the time difference in Tokyo. Yes. So uh, of course Iran is one of the worst teams in in pool play. So they put them against the US as like what is the equivalent of I guess the ten o'clock in the morning game there, and they play games throughout the day. So. They, the U.S. goes out and they just lay the wood to them, and I jump up off the couch and I stood there with my hand over my heart as time expired, because uh, I, I just, I, whenever we beat Iran and anything, it just makes me happy. Not trying to be political, I'm just saying. Stood there. Oh, all you have they, to say, uh,
2: Rob, is we nuked them.
1: Well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we were 18 of 36 nice. from three point land, so that's that's pretty much a nuking from behind the arc. Yeah, you're but right about that. Frenchies later on. So you we're dropping but some bombs. my my shorts and a t shirt, and was happy to be an American as we beat up on Iran.
0: That's what awesome. did you say at that moment?
1: Uh, we we won't say that here because I'm trying to keep this a friendly <laughs> podcast. But it was basically bop, 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 beep, beep 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 Iran beep beep and the wife's yelling at me. Why are you yelling at two o'clock in the morning at the television? Why do you have
2: Lee Greenwood turned up so loud singing? I'm proud to be
0: an American. What is going on?
1: Uh, My house is a zoo. So yeah, that's, that's what you have to deal with.
0: That's awesome. You have, what do you have? Three cats and three kids.
1: Three cats, uh, three kids, two dogs and a wife who somehow stays there. I don't understand why she Oh my
0: gosh. I salute Karen. Exactly. What's good under the hood? Greg Hood, Rob Sanders, and me, Andy Woods. Thanks for listening and or watching. Once again, if you're only listening, you can check it out on the Mazda of Columbia YouTube channel.